The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob Imrani. Accident or injury, call Jacob Imrani, call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue Baloo, how you doing? I'm good. I'm refreshed. I came back from a lovely camping trip in Temecula. Very nice. I, have you ever been to Temecula? I have not, but I hear it's a good thing. I, I was there once. I looked at a movie theater out there. Ah, yeah. It's really, really beautiful. Wine country. Um, Just, you know, we took a hike one day and... If if you just like drop me somewhere blindfolded and I open my eyes, I would yep. think I was in Ireland. Really? Really. Just green, lush mountains, you know, and then, you know, you look off to the side and you see all these beautiful vineyards. It's real pretty. And the campground is gorgeous. I will let everybody know Michael Yuri is coming up. He is one of the stars of Shrinking on Apple Plus. So did you hit any wineries? Did you do any of that stuff? I didn't go to any wineries, but we drank wine at the campground. You drank wine. Um, but the greatest thing that they had at this campsite, which I'd never seen before, first of all, a ton of golf carts and people pimped out their carts like with lights and, you know, like cool. giant one. Yeah. And then you can rent them also, but you have to reserve those in advance. So I, I, uh, I look over at one point and I see this woman drive by. And it's a Mai Tai golf cart. Me? She's delivering. She's making Mai Tais and delivering them to people at this at their sites. What you a, can hail her like a like the ice cream man. What a what a very cool gener. Now, did it cost money to get a Mai oh, Tai? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It cost money. Yeah. How much was a Mai Tai? I don't from know. A golf cart. Yeah. I'm sure it, it was more expensive than if it was from a Mai Tai stand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I want to let everybody know we're on Spotify and Apple now. Plus, we are on YouTube. And so because we're on YouTube and, and a lot of people, we've got this great big uh, ESPN event coming up uh, on June the 10th. We all wear, we all go crazy in terms of what we wear. So I'm going to show it for the YouTube audience. Nobody else has seen this. This is top secret. This is my tuxedo for the Mandy Awards, which are coming up June the 10th. So I'm going to show it. Uh, there it is right here. This is the tux. Um, now, did you have this um, specially made? No, I did not have it specially made. Um, I did find it, believe it or not, on some website called Shinesty that makes crazy tuxedos and that's what I, so, so without giving anything away, what do you think? Um, it's colorful. <laughs> <laughs> it that's looks, the basic idea. Uh, it's, 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 it's nice. I mean, it's, uh, it's out there. I think, uh, it's attention getting and, yep. uh, and I, I'll be, it's, I think it's safe to say nobody else will be wearing that tuxedo. Yeah. How embarrassing would that be if somebody else wore that tuxedo? That would be crazy. 
Uh, yeah, so that's uh, coming up June the 10th. We're super excited about it. Mom and not stepdad Leo go to that thing, and we all give ourselves awards, and it's a really fun night. So there's a sneak preview of what I'm wearing only for people watching the YouTube show. So uh, we we both watched the finale of Succession. What was your takeaway? It couldn't have ended any more perfectly than it did. I think they all got what they were, what, what they, uh, what they deserved. And, um, my favorite part was seeing Shiv and Tom in the car at the end. end. Yeah. And Tom just, you know, puts out his hand and she limp, limpy, limply just like dropped it in his with no, with it was like, you know, I, I, I give basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, uncle, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, um, and you know, it was, it was her only way to desperately stay in some sort of, I wouldn't say power, but a power by association, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but I just thought it was a brilliant, brilliant ending. And, you know, I was wondering what was going to happen with Kendall because when he was walking towards the Hudson yes, and he sat on that bench yep. and you see the Hudson River and it kept on making me think about all the water moments right. throughout the series where, you know, when he was in the pool and you thought, oh, did, is is he dead? Yep. You know, did he have a heart attack? Then he swam um, in the ocean, I think, after then, the Living Plus speech. Yes. And then when he went into the ocean in Barbados in this episode right. and went out to the raft, it's like, ooh, what's going to happen to him? Is he going to yeah. drown? Are they going to kill him? Because they talked about it. And I was reading that there was a, um, a surprise ending that he did after... Uh, he'd sat there for a while. He actually leapt up on no. the, on the, on the rail to, to jump into the water. And his bodyguard, Colin, grabbed him. And that was all improvised. Wow. And Jesse Armstrong decided not to use that because he didn't feel that it was true to his character. Right. That he would just let him live in his misery, you know. And uh, not take the easy way out. Yeah. You know, a few things I loved about the finale. One is after they agreed that Kendall would become the CEO, they were in their mom's kitchen and they're making this drink for a king and they pour it over Kendall's. And I was like, you know, it's like they're little kids again. It's like, here are these little kids who got no love when they were growing up, who grow up to be adolescents in a way arrested development they are little kids they wanted what they wanted and here they are playing uh after they announced that uh the kendall is going to be the ceo the other thing and you'll love this so tom wamsga wamsgon is his name right that's the guy who wound up becoming the ceo so bill wamsgon was a real person he and back in the 20s was the first major league baseball player to ever have an unassisted triple play in the World Series. So sure enough, here's Tom Wamsgon <laughs> with basically taking out Shiv and Kendall and Roman. And I'm like, 
That is too perfect, right? They they wow. went back and they chose that name exactly for this reason. It is genius. Wow, corporate triple play. <laughs> exactly, a corporate triple play. But I thought, generally speaking, you know, shows, you hope they nail the landing. You know, you hope they stick the landing. I think this one did. I thought this show had everything. Uh, I love the fact that Shiv didn't go along with everything. You know, and, and there's another name, Sh- Siobhan, Shiv. She basically shivved her brothers mm-hmm. on her way out the door. Um, I just, I just think it becomes a top five all time show for me right out of the box. Absolutely loved it beginning to end. I would say going to clean up at the Emmy Awards. I would imagine that Karen Culkin is going to win best actor. I thought he had his best year, the way he was crying at the eulogy and all that stuff. Um, I think that uh, Best Actress, I think Shiv is going to win. I think uh, Sarah Snook is going to win for playing Shiv. And I think Best Supporting Actor has got to be Matthew McFadden, who plays Tom Wamsgon. He was fantastic in the entire show. Oh, my God. Those scenes with Shiv when he broke down and, you know, we had talked about that one scene where they're lying in bed together and... He just, and the way they shot it, like they were perpendicular in the bed, Um, just the whole, you know, the whole demise of their relationship, yet the hanger on part of it too. You know, it's like they both needed each other in some twisted way. They, they had to, they had to be together and, um, and just how hurtful they were with one another. Oh, terrible. And then cousin Greg. One of my favorite characters, maybe my favorite character on the show. Um, has there anybody ever been born with less skill or talent who has risen as far as Cousin Greg did in that company? I mean, he went from, I, we went back and watched episode one, and he was dressed in like a dog suit yeah. um, as a as a theme park character. And he wound up schmoozing with the maybe the president of the United States at Logan's funeral and wound up, you know, he's, he's in good with Tom. He's still going to be part of uh, Waystar Royco. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was reading um, on rap day, Alan Ruck, when um, his sign off speech. Yes. Oh, which is great. <laughs> so he, he included a, a Roy family toast. Yeah. And he said, here's to you. And here's to me. The best of friends will always be. But if someday we disagree, fuck off. <laughs> that is awesome. That is Great. awesome. I love the Alan. Alan Ruck has been on the show. I love the Alan Ruck character. I think Connor and the con heads. That was a great, <laughs> great bit. Uh, so uh, congratulations to Jesse Armstrong and that whole cast. Unbelievable show. Stuck the landing. Great, great finish. Uh, couldn't be happier with that. And I'm glad it's going away after four seasons. It's better to leave too early than too late. Yeah. And Jesse Armstrong actually said that he doesn't think he'll ever be able to write anything as good as this show. But I, mean, I, 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 I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. So our guest today is a Juilliard trained actor who won acclaim for his role on the hit television series, Ugly Betty. His latest role is in the Apple Plus comedy, Shrinking. Michael Yuri joins us. Michael, thank you so much for doing this. 
My pleasure. Great to see y'all. Thank you for having me. So I definitely want to talk about shrinking, which is a blast. Um, but Thank I you. actually want to ask you this question. I'm fascinated because I wanted to be an actor when I was growing up and I wanted to go to either Yale or Juilliard. You went to Juilliard. You're a kid growing up in Plano, Texas. How do you wind up at like the most prestigious acting school in the world? Well, I had a an upperclassman when I was in high school, this guy named Michael Benjamin Washington, who is a phenomenal actor. He's actually on American Auto, um, a TV okay. show. And he's an amazing actor. He's been on Broadway and a ton, ton of amazing things. And he was, to me, the greatest actor I'd ever seen in person, known personally. He was one year ahead of me. And um, he... Did, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he did not get into Juilliard. Oh, <laughs> so when I heard that, I was like, well, there's no, if Michael didn't get in, there's no way that I will ever get in. And I had lousy grades and, um, and, and I didn't even really think I could, I didn't think I could be an actor. I didn't think that I should try to be an actor. So I ended up going to a community college for one year. Um, but I intended to go there for the full two years and get my associate's degree and then figure out what I was going to do with my life. And it was with this community college that I took my first trip to New York, this like field studies trip to New York. And the teacher, who I didn't even really know yet, um, took us to, we saw 13 Broadway shows in 10 days. Wow. We toured NYU. We toured Juilliard. I'd never been to New York. I was like, we got off the bus at Port Authority from, from, you know, JFK or LaGuardia, wherever we flew to. And it was like rats and garbage and hot summer stinky. And I was like, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm home. This is it. But at the Juilliard tour, when we heard all about what that school's like and what the training is like, he took me aside. This teacher took me aside and said, he said, this is, this has got your name written all over it. You have to audition. And he, as far as I know, he didn't do that to other people. Wow. Um, so I auditioned, really not thinking I would get in because Michael Washington didn't get in. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get in. It's so co competitive. Um, but it, I did. Uh, he was right. I got in and I left the community college early. And it was it was amazing. You know, I have to say the school's not for everybody. Not everyone has a great time there. And like, you know, sometimes people leave. Some, back in the day, they used to get kicked out. But it was really good for me. I, I, I used the stuff I learned at, at Juilliard all the time in acting jobs. So 13 shows in 10 days, what was the most memorable? Probably Ragtime, which was the first mm -hmm. show we saw at the very beginning of the trip. And it was the original cast. So it was Audrey McDonald and Brian Stokes, Brian Mitchell, Stokes Mitchell. Yeah. Marin Maisie and Peter Friedman and Leah Michelle as a little child. She was like a little girl on the show. And it blew my mind because that was a huge show, but I was used to seeing musicals at the Dallas Fair Park Music Hall, which is an, like the biggest theater you can imagine, like 4,000 seats or something like that. Most Broadway theaters are like, you know, half that size or yeah. less. And so here I am seeing this huge musical in a, in a relatively small space um, compared to what I was used to. And we had good seats and it just blew my mind. It completely blew my mind. And then when we, when we left, we walked outside and it was still bright. I'd never been in Times Square. So I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> still light out. <laughs> but it was, of course, just the, the lights. Of so what Steve, was your Steve, we, we saw that show, Steve, when we oh. were doing uh, Radio New York. Show was good. Although, you know, I got the uh, the big announcement at the matinee. Uh, the role of Brian Stokes Mitchell will be played by. And I was like, oh, bummer. What a bummer. The guy uh, was great. The guy was yeah. great. But I didn't get to see him. So what was your first Broadway musical? Um, 
I think it was a chorus line. Wow. That's a nice one. My, my brother took me uh, for my birthday. It's a wow. good one. My first one was Jennifer Holiday in Dreamgirls. Oh, my God. These are I amazing. Was, I was, it was all downhill for, after that performance. <laughs> it's all downhill. Both, both you guys both saw Michael Bent, the Bet, Michael Bennett shows. That's right. That's right. Wow. How amazing. And Dreamgirls. Oh, she Got was it. just crazy. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two, you know, like if you're, if, if you, if you're like me and you go on, uh, go down rabbit holes on YouTube watching Tony Awards performances, those two, I always watch the chorus line, which is the, basically the whole opening number. Yeah. And, um, Jennifer Holiday singing. Um, I am, I am telling you, I'm not going. I'm, I'm actually shooting a documentary about a woman who started the, she started the improv with Bud Friedman, who was her husband and she passed away recently. So a lot of people don't know that she really was the one who came up with the idea. He gets all the credit, but we, in, we, um, we interviewed Donna McKechnie who played Cassie. So wow. they met, they met each, they met each other doing, um, how to succeed in business, which, which I know you did. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. Wait, Donna, Donna was in how to succeed. She, yes, yes. She was, uh, she was in the chorus. Wow. The, 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 the you know, this is how <laughs> it starts, you know, like this is how you end up going down these rabbit holes because it's always like, Oh, so-and-so was with so-and-so was new so-and-so. And they worked with, she worked with Fosse here and she worked with Bennett here. And it's all yeah. like, it's amazing. So what was your, um, uh, in terms of Broadway, you made your debut, I think, in How to Succeed, right? Yeah, that's right. So, I was a replacement in um, the Daniel Radcliffe revival. So what is your first night on Broadway like? Oh, my gosh. Well, I remember, I vividly remember when I first stepped foot on the stage in front of an audience. It was at the end of the opening number, and I, I just walked on briefly and then walked right off. But I remember being there and standing there and thinking, this is it. Remember this. This is it. This is your Broadway debut. But I was a replacement with Nick Jonas. So so Nick Jonas and I were in rehearsal together, just the two of us, for four weeks. Um, the two of us and a dance captain, basically, and an associate director teaching us the whole show. And, and then we had a put-in rehearsal the day of our, our first show. I think it was that same day. And then we went on and i remember like it was a well-oiled machine when we joined everybody else had been doing it for like a like a, i think a year wow so so they knew the show backwards and forwards and the guy who i replaced so i came in at the end of the the opening number and the guy who i replaced he was so used to it by the time he left he wasn't getting dressed until right before he went on and so i get there and it's time and like i hear the overture start and i'm like where's my costume Where's my, I, 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 the show started where's my costume and my dresser was like oh oh the guy before you didn't get ready until right right before and i was like i need to get ready now i should be down there i don't want to miss this this is my Broadway debut i don't want to miss the overture um so we figured that out and and i i was always there at the begin very beginning of the show um with most, most of the other cast but um it was a wild night it was a very it was a, it was so momentous for me and i was so scared so i'd never been in a musical and here I am in a Broadway musical, my first show on Broadway, my first musical, and I'm in it with all these pros and a pop star. It, it was, it was, it was thrilling. So you you had um, the good fortune of, of uh, as an actor that I think every actor would would love to have. When you did Ugly Betty, you were supposed to just do one episode because they were going to have 
different assistants each show. Right. And then they ended up keeping you. What, when, when they told you this, what was your reaction? And then you, you, you stayed on till the, till the run of the, of the series. Yeah. I got to be in every episode. And, um, it was that thing that, you know, like when you're learning about the business of show, they tell you will never happen, you know, like, and I, now I've done it like enough that I've been on enough shows and, and been a guest star on enough shows that like, you always hope you always think about it. You always think, well, maybe they'll, maybe they need me in every episode or, 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 you know, like when you're a series regular and you're talking to a guest star, you're like, Oh, I hope you come back or you should be in every, you know, it's like, it's like, you just talk about, it cause you know, we all love this. We love acting. We love, we love doing it. We all want more work. Um, so I was told, I was told this won't happen. You won't, it won't ever happen. You'll never be, you'll never be a co-star that becomes a guest star that becomes a series regular, you know, it'll never, it'll just never happen. So I was shocked. Um, I was thrilled. I, 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 I guess I wasn't entirely surprised because by the end of the pilot, Vanessa Williams, who I, who, whose assistant I played was so generous with me and, um, and liked me and included me. She would like, she would like instruct me where the cam. I, I didn't know where cameras, where the cameras really were pointing. And she would say, if you stand here instead of there, you'll be in this shot. And so I like, because of her, I was in it more. Um, she took my ideas. We played, there was all this stuff that wasn't on the page that we came up with. And, but, you know, by the end of the shoot of the pilot, they asked me to be in the cast photo. So I kind of had an idea, yeah. I had a feeling, but I didn't, I didn't count on anything. I would never, you know, I was like, you know, maybe they'll bring me back once or twice, or maybe they'll bring me back once and then fire me, you know, maybe I'll get a nice firing episode. Um, but then actually, ironically, my very good friend is, was, and is good friends with America Ferreira's now husband, then boyfriend. And I was doing Shakespeare plays in San Diego in rep, um, Othello one night, a Midsummer Night's Dream the next. Uh, and my friend came to visit me. My friend, he was my classmate from Juilliard. He came to visit me and he was like, hey, I heard from America. Congratulations. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Congratulations on what? And he was like, oh, I heard that the show got picked up and you're going to be in every episode now. And I was like, and that's how I found out. So I got to find out from my really good friend who, wow. had, who had the intel. And I called my agent and she was like, yeah, we're hearing this too. We're getting into it. And I was like, yeah, get into it. Go ahead and get into it. Figure this out. Um, but it was, it was pretty, a pretty fun way to get good news from, yeah. from your dear friend. So you played on Ugly Betty, an out gay character um, at a time when, you know, this was pre-gay marriage. world was a very different place. There wasn't as much acceptance towards LGBTQ people uh, then as there was now. Um, was that an aspect of the success here? Did gay folks reach out to you and say, Hey, thanks for doing this, or you're making a difference in my life, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Especially young people, the, the show, because there was this wonderful relationship between my character and Mark and Delicato's character, Justin, um, Betty's nut nephew, uh, who was 11 when we started, but you know, loved musicals and loved <laughs> fashion and, 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 and was, you know, like loved the golden girls. Like there are all these like things that this character loved and you know, the audience was reading between the lines and our friendship started early and, you know, mentorship started pretty early where, you know, I would give him advice on the show and uh, that, that relationship meant a lot to people. And then um, I I'll never forget the um, episode where my character's mother came 
to, to town, played by Patti Lapone. Played by Patti Lapone. Oh, Lepone. God. Yeah, Patti Lapone. Pone. And she did not know that my character was gay because she was uh, in <laughs> denial. And, um, and in, in, over the course of the episode, wonderful, very funny episode where Betty pretends to be my girlfriend to like fool my mother and it all comes to a head. But when that episode aired, I got so many letters and messages on back then it was MySpace, um, <laughs> maybe maybe Facebook, but so many notes and letters and and still to this day, people I'll hear from people that that say that that episode because she didn't he comes out, Mark comes out to her, and she doesn't accept him. And he's strong anyway. He's able to to like pick himself up and say, I don't, I don't need that. I'm I'm fabulous no matter what. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be great. And and Betty has his back, and of course his friends and his career. But I mean, I'll never forget a particular email I got from somebody that said, I um I was watching that show with my mom, and at the end of the episode, she said to me, I hope. I, I I would I would, I hope that if I had a son like that, he would be he would feel comfortable telling me because I would mm. love him just the same. Yeah. And this kid turned to his mom and came out right then and there, and and they were great. And it was like because of the show, they had that that opening. You know, it opened the door for people, I guess, and um, that really meant a lot. I think it was um, it was it. But then I also you know there were I, I remember getting um, another message from somebody saying. My brother, my dad kicked my brother out of the house for being mm. gay. We sat him down. We asked him, we begged him to watch Ugly Betty to try to get him to accept it. And it didn't work. Mm. So, mm. you know, that was, this was, you know, we're talking about 2007, eight. This was a long time ago now, but um, uh, hopefully that family came around. I didn't keep in touch with them. Hopefully they came, that, that, that dad came around and the, the son was accepted, but it was needed. And it was useful for some families and then other families like i think you know weren't ready or will never be ready yeah oh it's got to be such a wonderful feeling that your art you know reaches out to people like that you know yeah. like i like, let's talk about shrinking because steve and i were talking before the show and it's 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 definitely one of our favorite new shows oh and, thanks Joe. and you talk about you know therapy um you right. know and wondering what what effect this show has done for people who need to be in therapy or 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 afraid to be in therapy you know yes. i mean i i i don't i personally don't have many friends that have never been in therapy nor do i know many people that have never been in therapy um but i do know a couple of people here and there that were afraid to go into therapy because and they were stand up comics they were afraid to go into therapy because they thought that if they did it would take away the edge that made them <laughs> a great comedian wow that's so interesting. Uh, and I'm sure that if they ended up going, it gave them tons of material. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That, Have you that been actually, in therapy? Well, I was in therapy very briefly in college. Um, not that briefly, but I was in I was in therapy in college for a little while, um, you know, at Juilliard. Mostly because it was free and, and you know, other people were going and I was under a lot of pressure and stressed out and stuff, but then not again until shrinking. Uh, we were doing shrinking and every episode tackles a new mental health issue. And I, I was like, you know what? I want to get more in touch with this. I was also going through my own thing. I was 40. I, I think 
I was 41. I'm now 42. I was like, okay, this seems like midlifey. Maybe, you know, I'm ba- I'm in a TV show again. It was the first time I was in a TV show in a long time, like a regular part in a TV show in a long time. I was back in LA for the first time in a long time. And I just felt different coming out of the pandemic. Um, and I was going through some stuff. And so I, I mean, it was, it was, it was a good time in my life, but it was a complicated time. Um, and so I was like, I think maybe I should do this. I think maybe, I, I think I would be more in touch with our show. Um, and I was also like, you know, I think there was, a, there was an element of, these are a bunch of amazing powerhouses making this show. I'm thinking of Bill Lawrence and Brett Goldstein and Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. And, and they're all open about their own therapy, you know, being in therapy. And we're talking about it on the set. I'm like, I want to get in on this. I want to know what this, 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 I want to, I want to have this outlet. And so I started it and it was terrific. I mean, I, I, I'm so glad I did. And I don't know if I'll be in it forever or I don't know. I don't know how this works at this point. I can't imagine changing therapists. I hear about people changing. Oh therapists. yeah. No, no, I, no, no. I can't imagine that. It's like, you're going to start all over. She knows me. She knows all my, she knows all my shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. How do, I, how do I start over? But it's been, um, it's been really cool. It's been really, really interesting. And I, you know, I think this show, the timing is everything. And I feel like shrinking, they ca- they came up with this show at the exact right time. They must have known. I mean, these people are so brilliant. They must have known something about where we were going as a, soci- as a society, because I feel like the stigma of mental health has only recently really been um, lifted. I think so many people post-pandemic are are, are 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 treating mental health as as vital as uh, physical health yeah yeah and, and 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 especially like this show is really about straight white dudes and you know like the, 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 there's a bunch i mean it's a it's a there's a lot of people in the show but our main guy is this straight white dude who's dealing with his own stuff and i and i think i have a lot of straight friends straight male friends and um they've never really they've never really been into my work, you know, they've never really, they've never really like loved things I was on, but they love shrinking. And, um, it's nice. It's the first show I've ever done. I've I've now worked since shrinking on, on film sets. It's the first time I've ever been on a, and that, and, and on that film, I had crew guys tell me they love shrinking and I've never had crew people like, like, you know, the, the crew guys. Yeah. You know who I mean when I like, you know, the, yeah. the, the kid grip and the best boy and all that stuff. Yeah. Never had those guys tell me they even knew who I was. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they love shrinking. And they, they've never been like, saw you on Broadway. You know, it's never been quite that, you know, maybe in the makeup trailer, but not, not, uh, <laughs> not in the camera department. And it's been pretty cool to see, to see like, you know, grown burly men in touch with their feelings. Yeah. So yeah. That, stig- that stigma that goes along with mental health, I was diagnosed as bipolar 20 years ago. So I've been seeing my shrink for a long time. Uh, the same shrink, by the way, I would never wow. change. But uh, the show does scare me a little bit because it makes me wonder, does my shrink go to therapy and what's his <laughs> private life like? And, you know, I've been here 20 years. Like, does he need shrinking for himself? Is he getting it? I guess that's one of my big takeaways from the show is that shrinks need shrinking too wow yeah. oh yeah totally it's i think that what the show does so cleverly is put it's it every scene is who's on the couch i always think who's on the couch in this scene you know because sometimes sometimes i mean i play a lawyer sometimes i'm on the couch sometimes 
they're on the couch with me. You know, so, like sometimes I'm giving Harrison Ford advice about about stuff, and and then sometimes they're on the couch for each other, and uh, whether they like it or not. I mean, you know, Harrison's character very begrudgingly takes advice from anybody because he's cranky and. Um, and Jason's, you know, Jason's character is is coming out of this fog of, of grief, um, really just starting the process of grieving. And um, yeah, so it is interesting to see, like, oh, <laughs> these therapists are messed up, and are are, <laughs> yeah. are, we, are, 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 are are my therapists that way too? But um, I, it's funny. I've seen people on social media um, attack the show, saying this isn't this isn't. Um, uh, ethical these this behavior of a, of, a, of a shrink isn't ethical and it's like well no <laughs> that's why it's on television <laughs> that's where the conflict that's called conflict <laughs> yeah but you know you think about you know you talk about therapists needing therapists you know you watch like in treatment and gabriel byrne yeah. had a therapist and and uh, the sopranos malfi yeah. had malfi had a therapist Dr. Malfi, of course you know did. and I, I think maybe in some ways it shows that you know you know in order to do you have to you have to have been <laughs> maybe, mm. you know, um, and yeah. you know, it's interesting because years ago, a friend of mine, uh, was living in New York. She was an actress, comedian, friend of mine, and she, I needed a therapist and she had recommended her therapist to me. And I thought to myself, do I want to have the therapist that she has? Cause I didn't feel that she had really grown a lot. <laughs> and I was thinking if this is the work, that represents this therapist. That's I don't know if I want to go. But then I thought maybe she just wasn't doing the work and it wasn't the therapist's fault. But, you know, but That's I didn't, so I, I, I went to the therapist once and then I never went to her again. The Yelp reviews weren't good. <laughs> <laughs> my, my Yelp review was not good. This was way before Yelp. <laughs> but so, it's, also, it's, that, it's an elephant in the room. It's like, oh, you, so, so how's, 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 how's Sue doing? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> have you seen Sue lately? <laughs> so a couple of people in the cast and the ensemble are so I mean, uh Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel. Harrison Ford is that crusty old I mean, he's dry and he's funny, he's sarcastic, he's all that stuff. Uh and he's so killing it at the age of eighty years old. It's amazing that that performance, I think. Oh, absolutely. He he and what a year. He's on like so many TV shows. He's Indiana Jones again. He's now a Marvel guy. He's got so much going on. He just won the Palme d'Or. Like he's just on fire. Um, and this character, you know, like he, he kind of, we've seen it for years in the press when he does interviews. He's kind of, kind of likes this crusty, crotchety persona. Yes. Yes. Um, and he loves doing it on set. Like I can, I can say that on set, he's like, he, he likes to do that, but he's actually really sweet and like really wants to make everyone laugh. And like, he loves a joke at his expense. Um, it's really all an act. I mean, it's just this sort of like crusty act. <laughs> yeah. That he puts yeah. On. And it's just, this character fits him like a glove. It's so funny, but he's also, he's, he's in touch with something that I, I mean, I've seen him do heartfelt, deep stuff before, but the swinging back and forth like this, I've seen it be funny. You know, people were like, gosh, can he be funny? And I'm like, of course he can be funny. Han Solo is funny. Indiana Jones is funny. Of course he can be funny. And, you know, of course he can be serious. We've seen him, you know, save the world. We've seen him like battle terrorists and, um, you know, we, we've, we've seen like, 
we've seen these sides of him, but this is the first time I've ever seen them at the same time where he can be so funny and then rip your heart out. I mean, the, the scene where he's stoned at my engagement party, an episode, I think it's six or seven is, is maybe the funniest stoned acting I've, I've ever seen. (laughs) And then the scene where, you know, the scenes with his daughter are so very heartbreaking and with him coming to terms with his Parkinson's and, um, it's really, it's really like really heartbreaking, and and he he bounces back and forth effortlessly in this show. I think that's that's the thing that I think people are are responding to when they see this this performance is is, is his dexterity to go back and forth like that. Well, you know listen. What, oh, go ahead, Sue. What what I didn't realize until I started to do a little bit of research um, on the series, which was yesterday, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, that Harrison Ford's character is based on Jonah Hill's therapist, Phil Stutz. Stutz, yeah. I had no idea. And he had Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's that's where they got that's where they got it. And and uh mm. and, and 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 the tools, the 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 stuff that uh uh Jason's discovering, you know, as he becomes or- unorthodox uh in his practice because he's hit rock bottom and now he just wants to tell his patients what to do. Uh, that's all based on the, that that's method. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, shrink, shrinking is totally fantastic. You are great in it. I've been Thank reading you. a lot of uh, like Emmy shortlists and stuff, and you're on a lot of those. So congratulations on that. Wow. And Probably con- the longer short lists. Uh, no, and congratulations <laughs> on, on the show. Season one of Shrinking, now streaming on Apple+. Plus. Michael, thanks a lot for doing this, man. We appreciate it. a pleasure. You. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. It was lovely talking to you. And there he is, Michael Yuri. If you've not seen Shrinking, it is really, really funny. Sue, uh, are you in therapy now? I'm not. Oh, I am. I am well, always. In- I have a psychiatrist and a psychologist. I think you'll you'll probably always be in therapy. That, there's no question I will. Do you think that you're afraid if if you stop going to therapy that it like everything just collapses in your life? Well, can I be honest? I mean, my shrink is profi- uh, pre- prescribing me, um, you know, psych drugs. So I I never want to stop taking my meds. Right. So seeing him is a reminder of that. But yeah, I'm always honestly when somebody says they're not in therapy, I really start to wonder about them. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> you wonder about me? Hmm, you're not in <laughs> therapy. What does that say about you? You are not working on yourself. You are not. You are not. Um, well, that was that was great. And it is a, it is a great show. Shrinking is on Apple+. Plus. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast in three ways now. You can get us on Apple. You can get us on Spotify. And you can get us on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com and search Culture Pop Podcast, and we will pop right up. You can see the pretty pictures that go with the words. Uh, and uh, and uh, and subscribe to the channel, too. Subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel. Sue, great seeing you. Thanks very much. And we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast. <laughs>